every relationship we have is valuable. Every relationship is also fragile. And we can't assume that just because that there is some a bond as strong as like the parent child bond, that that bond is indestructible because it absolutely is not. Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody, here we are again. It's your two dads. We are back with yet another great interviewee. This one comes from the Great White North. It's a dad going by the name of A.C. Bergen Fisher. He runs and hosts the In the Blood podcast and also the Turn Up the A.C. podcast, which is twice as much work as I'm able to take care of by myself. So uh, congrats with that. And we really do appreciate you coming in today and, and sharing your story, sharing your wisdom. And uh, we just wanted to uh, start out with quick intro. Just um, you know, tell us who you are and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I mean, I, I hate to argue with the host right off the the bat, but I'm definitely ready to show up with stories. I don't know if I can promise to show up with any wisdom. I will do my best to fake that. But um, what, I, what I will bring, I'll bring sentences that go on too long, too much honesty, too much transparency, and I'll probably piss a few of you off, and that's fine. Right on. Um, I, I, I hate getting into the whole like personal bio thing because I feel like it's just too much like one of those. So tell me about yourself questions. Um, I'm obviously I'm a dad. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Like that's like the, the most exciting <laughs> role that I play. Um, I am I'm a podcaster. I am an aspiring author. I mean, I, I haven't published anything yet, but I keep on writing. I haven't figured out how to stop. When I do, I'll probably put something between two covers and post it up for sale. Um, I, I, I like to describe myself as an inspirational speaker. I, I don't like the term motivational speaker because the truth is I don't care who's motivated and who's not. But if I can say something that's going to allow you to like get your own thought patterns going and you can figure out whether you need to sit still or push on, well, then I feel like that's a huge win. And no matter what the subject matter is like this, that's really what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go for is just to try to inspire people to get in touch with themselves, get honest with themselves. And instead of pointing fingers at whatever's going on in their life to point fingers at themselves and think, okay, like, why am I reacting this way? And just let that be your guide. It's a, a little bit of a Buddhism in there. I, I dig that. Yeah. Um, I try to um, follow a bit of that myself. Mm -hmm. It's um it's really, in my opinion, inherent upon you, uh, me, uh, us in general to, um, you know, make our own decisions and not be, not let us be affected by all of these outside factors that, you know, all too often, um, influence our lives. You mentioned that you were, um, a potential writer, a, a writer in, in training, a writer in process. What are you writing about? Um, it all started off when I was just writing like three to five minute episodes for the turn up the, the AC podcast, which is like sort of like a introspective, reflective, philosophical, autobiographical kind of like insight into what makes me tick and how like I, I try to leave big details out of these short stories because I don't want this to be all about me. I want people to see, okay, how are my experiences parallel to their experiences and how does my takeaway maybe inspire you to take something away from from you 
now through through writing for the turn up the ac podcast a lot of people were coming back to me and say look like three to five minutes isn't nearly enough can't you make longer episodes and i thought well i'm going to start trying to write some longer episodes thinking i'm going to podcast about it but these scripts that i was trying to write started turning into the pages of a book pretty quickly and i i, I had to like put myself on pause at some point and think okay like what am I actually doing here? Cause like not being an author, I didn't know how to put together a proper outline. I don't know like how to like game plan this stuff. I'm just putting pen to paper and going with it. And so I had to like, like I said, put everything on pause, kind of scrap what I'd done up to that point and think, okay, like what am I trying to do here? And what I realized what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tap into the human experience. Like what are the key points that makes that experience what it is what makes it distinctly human and i came up with like i think it was like something like 77 distinct points <laughs> wow that that's, that make the human experience what it is well it, it is a lot right a lot. and yeah. you know like there, there's fairly obvious stuff like okay like what's the first memory you had what, what was the first time you were disappointed who's the first person you loved like what was the first time uh something traumatic happened you know like things of that nature you know like there's like it, not all of it is like big ticket items sometimes it was a case of like you know how did you feel the first time you lost contact with a friend and what i realized was like everything kind of came full circle back to the turn up the ac podcast because i realized i'd already addressed like most if not all of these points so I was able to go back and think, okay, so for like this particular point, which episode ties into that? Which thoughts do I need to revisit and expand on? And, you know, I, I'm a combination of proud and ashamed to say that like, as of today, I'm sitting at 900 pages I've written. Wow. I'm trying to wow. figure out like, I, I got to stop writing. Everybody I know who's published something has said, stop writing and get it down to like under 300 pages. So I'm kind of at that stage of the process. <laughs> kind of trimming the fat. So this, so to say there, there's more fat than meat. I think at this point, <laughs> Yeah, you almost got a trilogy there. That's what it feels like, but I, I don't think I'm, famous or good looking enough to sell a trilogy so I, like, i'm gonna have to like trim it right down and then like get my foot in the door and we'll take it from there right yeah for right. sure keep all that other stuff for the the b-sides or the the later albums so to speak yeah Do you have any uh, publishers or any editors in mind or anything like that or any friends helping you out kind of steering you in a direction I, i'm actually really fortunate through years of being in podcasting to be close friends with several published authors so i got these people in my ears you know guiding me as much as i will allow them to <laughs> the process but i mean they all seem to be in That's agreement with each other that it, like the time has come for me to stop writing and to start aggressively editing right <laughs> so okay I'm, I'm trying to decide like do i take their advice or do i just like keep on torturing myself with like more and more pages <laughs> Wow, that oh, is dude. that is a true self discovery right there. I mean, I've read that a real uh, beneficial way to personal growth is uh, journaling, and if nothing else, you've got quite a bit of personal growth written down um, amongst all those pages. So that's crazy that uh, you've able to you've been able to 
know, transfer so many, uh, you know, thoughts about so many different, uh, 77 different topics. Um, and it's also crazy that it's ballooned to 900 pages. That's like, uh, I would never, my life is nowhere near that interesting. I would never be able to, nine pages maybe. Like no, but seven. if you think about it though, I mean, if you think about it though, I mean, you could, you could start with, you know, just something as basic as gratitude. Like you can, name, you can name several things in your life. that's what you're great, what you're grateful for, you know, whether it be, you know, you have a job, whether it be, you have a roof over your head, whether it be, those are, those are things that all common dads or people that would be reading, I think AC's book, you know, would be experiencing, you know, across the spectrum of dads or even, even just uh, avid book readers or people that are curious, you know? And mm -hmm. so uh, you can start with gratitude for one. Um, that's a, you know, a huge common, th uh, let, let's see here. Um, loves, loves or passions, uh, you know, things that you worth things that, uh, that you deem worth suffering for, you know, uh, and, and the list can go on. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you, I, you I get it. Today. Yeah. Yeah, you, right. you could probably do 900 pages standing on your head, like no problem. Right. I mean, you know, uh, if, if I had to think about it for a little while, I could probably come up with some more. And I mean, I think everybody has that capacity or, you know, everybody has a you just stop and think, not necessarily, you know. You just wreck your brain trying to think about all these things and trying to wring out every last memory, every last, you know, thought, emotion or something that, you know, uh, created a synapse in your in, in, in your brain at some point in your life, you know, some things are worth forgetting about. Some things are worth holding on to, you know, if you remembered absolutely everything that you ever experienced in your entire life from birth to death, I mean, how much, uh, how, how much, how much of that are you enjoying? <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. No, no. I, I kind of like that question though, about like how much of it are you enjoying? Cause I, I listened to an interview with, with, with a, a guy who was a trauma survivor a, a few years ago and he was talking about how like most people they, they get hung up on the bad things that have happened to them in life right and it's like they allow these bad experiences to define everything about who they are but what he was saying is like if you were going to take the sum total of minutes that made up these bad experiences in the grand scheme of your life what are you going to come up with like an hour maybe two of terrible things compared to the hundreds of thousands of hours that you've lived and like he said that's just bad math <laughs> like don't do it right <laughs> right okay yeah I, I will sometimes cut out like you know like um clips of, of what we say and just randomly drop them into the podcast like i feel like i could just take you know that's just bad math and just put that like at the end of a <laughs> podcast just randomly for a joke so uh moving on kind of sort of sideways what have you uh, you mentioned that you have, uh, I believe you said two sons, um, and I was wondering, uh, along those lines, I have a friend who, he, he actually has a daughter, but he asked this question on Facebook once, and it's always kind of stuck with me, because I worry about these things. He said that every time he introduces her to a, a song, uh, a cartoon, a movie that he enjoyed as a, as a child, that she's always rejecting that and just never has any time or interest for it. Since you have boys, uh, did that? Uh, did you encounter that, or were they? Were you lucky enough that you would show them something and they'd be like, "Oh, wow, that's cool! I dig that." It's been a mixed experience, honestly. I mean, there's things like with with if I think about like the personalities of my two kids, the older one his personality is almost identical to mine. 
the younger one, it's like he confuses me more often than not. But the weird thing is, is the older one, I've got less shared interests with him than I do with the younger one. So it's like, whereas like with the older kid, I'm thinking every step of the way, I've got this expectation that you're going to love everything I love. It's like he loves maybe 20% of it and the rest of it. He just looks at me like there's something horribly wrong with me for enjoying these things. The younger kid is like, holy crap, I had no idea that this was a thing. Thank you for introducing me. It's like when he was younger, it's like he was watching all the cartoons that like I grew up on because I introduced him on YouTube. I mean, uh, I, I was fortunate enough, like my my favorite band is is the Rolling Stones. I got to take both of my kids. It's their, both their favorite band as well. I got to go see the Stones with my kids in Seattle a few years ago. Oh, wow. which was a, a a wonderful experience it sounds like a but, i mean really as, as, as a dad amazing. i mean we we like to share the things that we love but at the same time it's like I, I i don't get like hurt when my kids don't meet me on my level because i i look at it as an opportunity like or an invitation to meet them on their level so if they say look i don't like this thing that you like i'm like okay well what are you into I can learn about them, right? It's like, I don't always understand. But I mean, whether it be like the music they like, a TV show, even like a food that they've tried when they were out with their buddies, it's like, hey, yeah, like, hook me up. Like, let's let's see. Opportunity to connect. And if we don't connect, well, you know, at least we can have a conversation. That's not a waste of time. So, no, not at all. That, that's, that's, that's a good way of viewing it, for sure. I, I, I like that. Would you, and this is just a, a curiosity of mine, would you say that you uh, introduce them to more things that they like, uh, or would, would it be uh, vice versa that you, you find them introducing you to things uh, that you actually like? I think it's a pretty close to even mix or even, even balance. You know, like I, I, I learn a lot, like, especially from my, from my younger kid, he's, he's an aspiring chef. He's like, he's really good in the kitchen. You know, like I, I taught him to cook or started teaching him to cook when he was fairly young. Now, like the, the student really has become the teacher. Like he's introducing me to things I, I, I never thought I was going to be capable of. Um, I, again, like with, with, with music shows, things like that, it's like things I wasn't aware of like YouTube channels, even, like I, I find myself, I mean, I, I, I turned 50 at the beginning of this year. I kind of like feel like an old fart sometimes, but I, I, I get an opportunity to feel a little bit younger too. And the kids show me like something that like the, like the kids are into. And I'm like, this actually is relatable to me. Like I get this. Right like, on. That's a cool feeling. Experiencing a certain age. I mean, like, I think that's something, no matter how much culture changes, we all know what it's like to be 15 years old, 16 years old. We all know what it's like to like sit there dreaming about one day losing your virginity with somebody that you find attractive. You, you know, like you get all these like times in life where you're thinking certain kinds of ways. And I, I think like th the best thing about having kids is like, they remind you of these things that you've forgotten to give you back the things that like otherwise would have been lost. Like people that don't have kids. I mean, like I, I respect that decision. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. And they, they get a lot of things that we don't get, but they miss out on a lot of things that we have, you know? And, and, and right. that I think is, is the, is the biggest one is just like, 
being reminded of past versions of ourselves. I totally agree. There's times where my son is running around just doing the most random things. And I'm like, it sparks a memory in me or a feeling in me that takes me back to when I was doing or, or experiencing those same things, even though he's, you know, barely two. And it just, it, it you know, it, it strides uh, step by step with what you were saying that, you know, someone without a kid, they wouldn't necessarily be exposed to that sort of thing unless it was just a random accident. So uh, we are really blessed to have that kind of time machine uh, to, you know, uh, learn and, and grow with, you know, uh, to, uh, for, for, you know, lack of a better way of de describing our children. Um, but I've kind of hogged a little bit. So what do you got, Sam? Th throw us some of uh, your wonderful questions. He always has way better ones than I have. Oh, I don't know about all that, but uh, no, 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 no pressure. That. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No pressure. No pressure. No, I, I like that idea of how, you know, you can learn something from your children as well as teach your children. And it, it wouldn't necessarily call it a compromise, but it's an ebb and a flow back and forth, you know, where it might be something like your child shows you, um, you know, their interest in a certain band or a musician or a certain art style or maybe even a book series or a movie or a cartoon or something. And you, you show them a, a favorite recipe, maybe from, you know, your grandmother or somebody in the family that, you know, it, that you cared about. Or um, maybe your favorite kind of car or, you know, a hobby of yours could have been like hiking, canoeing or playing video games or something. It, it could be all kinds of random things. And, but not to ramble. Uh, I, I think that that back and forth learning experience helps us grow just as people anyways. And being able to remember the things based off of what your children present or what your children do around the house or when, you, when you're around them to the from the skint knees from, you know, skateboarding or, you know, all the way up to um, a speech they give for their high school graduation. I mean, those things resonate in us because they are us, you know, I mean, they, they are us not to get deep and philosophical or anything like that. No, but, but I mean, that, like having kids, it should be deep and philosophical, I think, you know, and, it, you know, now that we talk about it out loud a little bit, I think, you know, like as much as we get pieces of ourselves back, you know, like mm -hmm. these past versions of ourselves, we also get pieces of the, the, the older ones from our lives that maybe we've lost. Right. Like if I think like I, I lost my dad, um, actually my, my, my wife was pregnant with my older son when my dad passed. Mm -hmm. And so like my kids have never met their grandfather, but they both present so many distinct characteristics of him. I feel like in, in a way I kind of got my dad back. That's correct. Right. And yeah. like, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, it, it is like a really, really deep and almost like I hate the word spiritual, but I mean, it, it feels like one of those kind of like profound, profoundly spiritual experiences when you experience that connectivity to the past and the future, but you're still firmly rooted in the present, you know, like kids impactful. have a unique way of dropping that on you. Yeah. Impactful. There you go. Yeah, it was it was just I mean a very you know impactful moment. You know it, it helped you know change some things or alter something or you know even awaken something in yourself. You know a memory. You know and, and that's uh, well that, that's that's great. I mean there's I, I don't know there's um there's just something about tapping into I guess the energy of your family or like your 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 immediate family. And uh, the connection that you can that you can grow and foster. I mean, it, it has amazing potential. But uh, um, I got a question, and uh, I'll 
if uh, Corey has something to add after that, or um, not to get, we'll scratch that one out. All right, here's another one. Uh, what issues do you feel are, gr- are growing importance, you know, currently, you know, as a dad? And I mean, that could be socioeconomical, that could be agricultural. I'm sorry, be... you, you, you cut out on my end slightly. Can you start the question again? Sure, sure. Uh, what issues do you feel are of growing importance as a dad? You know, could it be like education? It could be, like I said, agriculture. It could be socioeconomical, you know, anything really. Or it could be like the prices of Cheetos. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if I'm fully understanding the question. Like if I can just put it back to you, like in my own words, Right. Are, are you are you asking like um, which key points kind of like do, do I feel like I, I need to address with my kids or is, is something this, is like more related? Uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Or is this more related to like the general experience of fatherhood in the current climate of whatever is going on in the world right now? Yes and yes to both of those. All right, so we'll we'll frame what you're we'll frame uh, the latter what you've said, um, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll get into a little more I guess out into the weeds with that. Um, yeah. Okay. So the issues that are currently affecting everybody as a dad, you know, or something that you know a general topic that I think a lot of dads could pay attention to and maybe try to either find ways to safeguard their family or maybe find ways to secure a way to provide for them until they're you know ready to leave the nest type things so it could be like for us um social security you know are we gonna when it comes time for us to retire is that even going to be a thing you know um and how is that going to affect our ability to either provide for our family or our children or is this you know something that's going to stay in place as is and it will be a benefit that we could take advantage of so that's that's an example of the the question i asked you I'm a little ADHD, so I tend to go into several directions at once sometimes. So I'll warn you up front that my answer may be a little bit more multifaceted than what you're looking for. And I make no apologies for that. No, that's okay. Um, (laughs) That's okay. I'm going to start off by saying that, like, I I think there's, there's a couple of mistakes that most parents make when they're, when they're trying to deal with children, especially young children is that first of all they set an unrealistic goal for themselves and that's that they're somehow going to control their children and our job is not to control our job is to guide to inform to inspire to to teach given the appropriate opportunities and mostly to love to provide security for to provide food shelter all this other stuff right the one thing that we're not needing to do is to push or pull them in specific directions like that just that is not the job and it's not good for anybody involved it stresses out the parent and it leaves the kid feeling unseen unheard undervalued all this other stuff the other thing that i I think where most parents kind of like drop the ball is they overcomplicate what it takes to understand where their kids are at, where their kids are coming from, because they're too busy trying to ask questions like, well, how do you understand children? And I, and I think that that's the wrong approach because if you want to understand your kids, you got to think of them first and foremost as people. And if you've got any experience with people, you realize that like 
there's not that many different types of people, not that many types of personalities. And you're probably familiar with most, if not all of them already. And if you look at like, as your, your kid as a person, you can more easily see how they fit into that whole human experience. And you can approach them on a level that kind of like, it'll allow you to connect more effectively. And I think like the, um, the, 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 the biggest thing that we can do for our kids is just to create an opportunity for them to figure out like who they are, where they're going independent of who we are and where we're going, you know, like, and because we don't want to, we don't want to set expectations as much for children. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. But that, that's the thing. They're not obligated to like fit into our expectations. I mean, like it's just that that's not fair. They are their own people. And right. all of us know what it's like to have a parent who is trying to turn us into like mini me, right? Like that, that's just not cool. Right. You, you can't do that. It's not good for them. And, you know, I, I think too, like the, another huge, huge thing that's part of the whole parental experience This is before I actually get into like properly answering your question. <laughs> oh, you're okay. Is, you know, like we, we can't look at this, like we're raising kids. We got to look at this, like we're preparing adults for life in the real world. And that's like, sort of like the biggest jumping off point to, to get towards like answering your question. And it's like, if you look at it as like, okay, like instead of me looking at junior and thinking, you know, like, Oh, what kind of world am I leaving behind from you? Getting into this like fluffy nonsense, bullshit kind of like philosophical exercise. It's just a case of like, okay, like if I'm looking at like, you know, a, a, a little human who's going to turn into like a full size human, who's going to at some point be an independent human, what skills does this human need to survive? Right. And whereas it's like, absolutely necessary to like bond with your kids emotionally it's necessary to like have story time it's necessary to go to the beach i mean all these things like there's nothing wrong with this stuff but we can't like prioritize like all of this stuff to the point where we ignore the fact that like you know what learning how to like do basic household budgeting is an important skill and i started with my kids like fairly young with like just that that financial component alone i mean like i grew up completely oblivious to what was happening with household finances. My parents never wanted the kids to stress about money. So, I mean, on our end, it just seemed like, okay, well, how come when my sister asked for a doll, she got it and there was no problem. When I asked for a skateboard, my parents said, no, I didn't know that they had a little bit of extra money when my sister wanted the doll and they were flat ass broke when I wanted the skateboard. It, it should have been a case of like, if they said to me, like, look, this is what's happening for money. I'm going to say no today, but when I get paid in two weeks after we pay the bills, we'll see what's left. And if we can get you the skateboard, yeah, we'll get you the skateboard. You know, like, and, and with my kids, I never just straight up told them, no, if we were in the store and they asked for something and be like, look, I, 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 I want to say yes, but I've only got so many pennies to go around right now. And I need a certain number of pennies to put food on the table, a certain number of pennies to pay for the rent, for the gas in the car, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm not sure if there's going to be enough pennies left over to give you this toy that you want. So I'm not saying no, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say like, 
I'm going to say yes, but not right now. I don't know like when. Well, like, you know, keep them up to speed with what's going on. In the meantime, here's some things you can do to like make sure that like you can help me get this thing for you. If you want to wait for me to do it, it's going to take a certain amount of time. If you're working with me, you can get it sooner. So, I mean, that was also like instilling work ethic in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a result, whereas I'm still absolutely horrible with money, my kids are like aggressive savers. They're like really, really conscientious budgeters. They've mm-hmm. got great work ethic, you know, like they're creative outside the box thinking about how to raise funds. And, you know, just that one exercise, I think like if, if people like learn how to just pick one adult component, like even dealing with a, with like a five or a six year old, like, okay, how do I start laying the foundations for these skills that they're going to take with them into adulthood. You know, um, I think without realizing it, we do this even with um, the way they speak to each other. You know, if the kid gets sassy, okay, well, look, it's not okay to talk to your mother like that. You've already t- started teaching your your son, you know what, when you've got a wife one day, you don't disrespect her. Right. You treat her with yeah. dignity, you know just broaden those lessons all across the board. I don't want to limit it to social security. I mean, that's like a big thing. It's important, but I would rather like teach an awareness and a way of thinking rather than a substance of knowledge. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Cause you, you're trying to keep somebody from just following uh, or or proceeding in life into adulthood based off of a recipe that Mm -hmm. dad made me memorize. So no, yeah, I get it. It's, it's less about worrying what they're going to encounter and proactively uh, teaching them to deal with whatever, you know, might come across, uh, across their bow. So that's a, that's a really cool way of, of, uh, of parenting and, and looking at, you know, teaching your children in general, uh, because I am, you know, I, we were recently wondering whether we should have a second kid and we are going back and forth, but you know, one of the reasons that I was initially leaning away from having one was, you know, the, the world's a terrible place in the Ukraine, Russia, you know, North Korea, whatever, you, wherever you, uh, America, um, you know, whatever you want to, um, to, to say, there's going to be a negative uh, connotation, some negative event tied to it. But the way you look at it is, you know, in my opinion, a better way, because you are acknowledging that those things are there and you're explaining those things to them and teaching them, you know, what they need to know to, uh, to, you know, deal with those things on their own. And, uh, that's, I don't know, that's really the, 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 uh, the point of parenting. I think it's not to teach them to rely on you and teach them to uh, look at things like you. It's to teach them how to, you know, make their way in life without you. I, had to, I think maybe I'm, you know, guessing at this in a way because I didn't have, uh, you know, a father really like he was, I had a father, but you know, he was not a role model or a, uh, a good, uh, you know, kind of parental figure uh, by any means. So some of this, even when it comes to me, I'm just, uh, I'm like, okay, that's a new idea. Let's spit that out and see if it, you know, sticks. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you really did give some good content there. Uh, you were you were talking about how you didn't know if you were going to bring any wisdom, but uh, maybe it just uh, slips by you sometimes and you don't notice it. I, I felt like you uh, 
you took that question and you didn't make it like something else, but you made it, you know, so uh, so much better than it could have been. Hopefully, you can do the same with something uh, something I ask because mine are just like, hey, what's your favorite color? Well, he answered my question. You know, he, he yeah, he, he answered my question, and you know, I could see the personal, I could see the issues that were personal, you know, to him in his answer. So, yeah, no, he Thank you. Um, uh, so no, I, I, guess, like, I, I appreciate the question, and, and Corey, your feedback too. Like, I, I think it's good stuff. I mean, like, if you're talking about, like, sorry, not, I don't mean to like trample you on your show, but screw you, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> But when you're talking about like, you know, the, the thought process of whether or not to have another kid, you know, what kind of a world am I bringing the kid into and all this other stuff. I think that that shows a great degree of wisdom and maturity on your own part to think about what your reasons are for wanting a, to, to have another child. Because I, I, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, that's what's really playing in. Like, do I have good reasons for bringing a child into a world that is less than a, that is a less than ideal environment. Yeah. pretty. And much there's nothing on. wrong with like, honestly mm -hmm. answering these questions, whichever decision you end up with, you know, you got there. Well, I mean, too often people are impulsive when they decide to create another human life. Like I, I went on another show where I talked about like my regrets around having kids and a lot of those regrets, it was a combination of like the things that I knew I was passing on that I, I, I really didn't want to pass on like mental stuff, maybe like uh, trauma responses, things like that. But the other thing was, is like, I didn't have a justification for why I wanted to become a dad. Like my reasons for, for entering into fatherhood were, were not thought out. It was just a case of like, yeah, why not? You don't seem to be taking the, hey, why not approach? You're taking the why approach. And that is a much more powerful. And I think for your kids, well, existing child and potential future child, that's a very, very beneficial way that you're thinking. And like, I, I have a lot of respect for that. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I, you know, I trip into uh, good ideas and, and, and good, um, good, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Good behavior uh, yeah. from time to time. So, well, I'm in your corner. If you decide, I'm just going to cast my vote for you there, Corey. If you, if you and your family decide to have another child, I think it's a wonderful idea. And uh, just for a couple quick reasons, man, your son's going to want to have a friend, somebody that's close and similar to him in age, could share the same experiences, the same memories, and even enhance those and stuff like that. They're in your household and beyond, you know. They're going to have somebody they could blame stuff on, like who splattered, you know, the cottage cheese uh, on the dog's fur, you know, uh, things like that. They could, you know, go out there and work in the community together. They could play sports together. They could, you know, create memories in and of themselves and form that bond that's going to carry them on into further in their life, you know. And, and they'll uh, have somebody like, one day when you're gone. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. that was actually, um, that was thrown up to me as a, as a reason just recently, and it never had occurred to me. Um, your your siblings, you have uh, the longest relationship with them of anybody else in your life. Uh, you know, your parents theoretically die before you do, and you continue right. on with your brother or sister until, you know, old age. So it's mm -hmm. nice to think that you're going to have a wife or kids or what have you, but it's also nice to know that you have that brother there or that sister. And um, Believe it or not. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I don't have that, so we'll see how I deal uh, when I'm old and gray. Uh, has anybody else noticed that, you know, 
and uh, AC had mentioned this earlier about the different personalities that you encounter and that there's a, you know, he said that there's a limited number uh, of, of personalities you encounter. One of them you may have encountered are the, uh, are the sole child or the, the, uh, the only child that grew up either, you know, spoiled, rotten, or, you know, their personality may be a little off, or you can kind of tell that there's something maybe um, different, not necessarily quirky, not bad, not necessarily, you know, uh, outstanding either, but there's always something kind of different about an only child, you know, and their personality and their mannerism, their composure or something, you know, and how they interact socially with everybody. I can't, uh, I can't tell if you just called me mediocre or strange or <laughs> what exactly. He 100% called you mid. That's what I was hearing. Yeah, that's, um, I'm not sure how to take that. Um, but anyway. I, I, was, I, was, I was making that as a kind of broad statement, not personally directed uh, towards uh, anybody uh, on the, <clears throat> or any of our listeners. Okay, yeah, our, our meaning. Just, just a, no, no, just a, yeah, just a. Oh, there, just there, a, there's uh, advantages and disadvantages to, to any experience. And I think like a soul child would be like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there can be like just isolating one thing, being used to being the focus of the parent's attention. That could be a strength and it, it could just as easily be a, a, a weakness. It all depends on what the person right. does with it. Right. And yeah, I know we're like having fun, but I mean, I don't want to give the implication to anybody who's listening that I think that there's something wrong with having an only child or, or being an only oh, child. No. Like, Hey, if it works no, for you, that's freaking awesome. Like yeah, it's Sam that's saying there's something wrong with it. You didn't say, no, anything. I'm not saying there's it. No, I'm not, I'm not saying no, he's a, he's a horrible person. I'm ashamed yeah. to know him, but you know, like, <laughs> I'm glad. No, but Corey, I, I, I think it's so cool because I mean, like you are so far outside of the box of your own firsthand experience, like as a dad and the, the, the fact that you're like leaning into that and you, you still committed yourself to be a quality parent, even in, in the absence of having a quality example that you're thinking about potentially creating a family unit that's of a type that you have no familiarity with, with growing up in. Like these are ballsy moves, man. And like you seem to be navigating these things with with grace and with an open mind and a, a willingness to learn. And there's no way that a, that that your kids are going to be disadvantaged by that. Quite the opposite. Like that's the best kind of example that a dad can set is one where he's courageous and bold and curious and open minded and understanding and sensitive. And at the same time, willing to accept his own limitations, willing to question himself, turn a critical eye inward rather than like always making excuses. Like, I'm gonna have to. Have I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm kind of with. I'm kind of with like Sam in, in in this case where it's like, I kind of feel like if you decide to go for this second kid, like, you got my stamp of approval for sure. Well, I definitely appreciate it. I'm trying not to blush. Um, I appreciate the kind words. I am, uh, I think I said this earlier, I'm definitely my own worst critic. I did, uh, I did an interview just the other day, yesterday, I think, and after it was over, I was like, stupid, stupid, awful, babbling, bad. And then, I, you know, I, I thanked the guest, as I usually do, and he was like, oh, it was, don't say that, you were great, thanks. And so, you know, I could do 10 uh, exemplary things, and I'm going to find 12 things that I could improve on. So it's, it's, you know, always nice to hear third party that has nothing to gain, you know, or to compliment me in some way, shape or form. It's always new and it's always a little bit awkward, but it's always appreciative. So thank you for that. I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I do have another co-host 
he uh, is busy today with his with his anniversary, but he does have two questions that I try to ask from time to time if we don't get in uh, too deeply to other things. They're a bit more in the advice uh, type of realm, but with that being said, he likes to ask, uh, and, and this may be something that uh, you ha you have to you know think back on, but he he wants to know if you can recall the best piece of advice that you got as a new father and the the advice that you would give today to uh, you know a corresponding new father i can give a a, a piece of insight and then <laughs> i'll see if that like will jog some piece of advice a piece of insight is that kids are always going to be more fun to make than they are to raise <laughs> you know like that's just unavoidable <laughs> Okay, that is good insight. Yes, this is true. But but as far as advice goes, it's like I I think if you set realistic expectations of what the experience is, like tying back into part of what I said before, it's like your job isn't to control your kids. If you're trying to control them, you've already lost. You've created the situation that you cannot win that is always going to frustrate everybody involved. You can't parent effectively when you're dealing with that level of frustration, when you're fighting a guaranteed losing battle. So if you start with a realistic expectation, like, you know what, I'm going to try to guide my kid. You've taken 90% of the stress out of it right there. And like, whichever parenting style you choose to adopt, I mean, I, I, I would never presume to tell somebody how to parent, like specifically. But what I would say, like, find the style that works both for you and for the kid don't be afraid to make adjustments as you go don't be afraid to take advice from other people but don't be afraid to reject advice either like at the end of the day your relationship with your kid is a relationship like anything else you're going to have it is individual and it only involves the parties involved like it, it you, you can't play to the audience you have to play to the, the the parties that are directly invested that's you and your kid to a lesser degree, your, your, your partner who's helping you raise the kid, but they've got a separate relationship with that same child that they have to navigate as well. Like just parent in the ways that you identify works and anybody who doesn't agree or can't see it, you know, I don't know if I can swear on this show, but I'd say too fucking bad. If you don't get it, like who cares? It's your kid. You're their dad. End of story. That's definitely, that's good information. You have a very, uh, and right. I can't remember exactly the word. I think it's dialectical uh, way of, of talking. You, you're like teaching without like teaching and you're giving advice without it like seeming like advice. I don't know if that's something you practice, but it's, uh, it's really Socratic in a way. So that's like a really cool way of, of just talking in general. I wish I was, you know, able to, to swing that because I, I find myself trying to, you know, explain something or, or get a point across. And then I'm like, Oh, wow, I've been talking for 20 minutes about fucking nothing. Uh, you've really got that going on. And that must tie into the uh, inspirational speaker part thing, because you're, you know, you're inspiring them to think for themselves, as opposed to, you know, telling them uh, what to do. No, and that all ties into my parenting style, too. So I mean, like, if I could inspire anybody, I mean, it's that it's like, if, if like, if, if my kid does something where like, say he's disappointed in the expectation or broken a household rule, you know what I found is like really fascinating dealing with a 16 year old is when people say, well, you know how teenagers are. My first response is always like, honestly, no, I don't. <laughs> because if, if my kid does something incredibly stupid and like, come on, we're all guys here. 
So like dealing with a male child, especially we understand that like, that is like a big, big component of the male experience is doing incredibly stupid things and having no justification for them. So if my kid does one of these predictably idiotic things, he doesn't lie to me. He doesn't make any attempt to conceal. He'll just come to me and say, dad, I fucked up. And then I can sit down with them and say, okay, like, okay, how do we navigate this together? Like, how do we solve it? And, you know, you're, you're talking about the way I communicate, but I mean, like, I don't know if it's consciously practiced, but it's like, I'm so used to like problem solving collectively with the people that I'm in relationships with. I never want to dictate a point of view to somebody if we can establish and navigate and develop a point of view together, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people learn better if for no other reason than when they think that it's their idea. So, mm. you know, guiding them to that idea makes them more likely to follow that, you know, that way of thinking. Or they feel like they've contributed to the to the end result that was mutually beneficial. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've had a, a say or, or a part in the decision, um, giving, giving them more power than they you know, may normally have felt. Um, so one more before I forget about the other question he wants to know what was your last dad win what is the last thing you did amongst either of your sons where you came away feeling like okay that was a 10 i, I mastered the, the dad out of that it be you know whatever it may be between cooking dinner or uh you know solving a, a math problem I, I i can't answer that question i think in the sense that you're hoping because it's it's like i, I can't look at things as like wow I handled this situation super, super awesome. And like now I'm celebrating the win so much as <laughs> I observe something in my kid where it's like, I'm seeing a, a payoff in the investments that I made in him and in the experience of parenting early on. And that was when I was observing like a, a, a profoundly disappointing and painful experience that my, my kid was going through because his, his biological mother is not in the picture. She lives in Eastern United States. We live in Western Canada. She's effectively like uninvolved herself from him. She was supposed to come and visit him. Actually, basically right now she was supposed to be here. She made every excuse to not show up. And I was expecting my kid to be like, moody about it to, to have an attitude some edge anger like any of the things that i, I think would, would have been justified because mm -hmm. if that was me at that age i i would have put my fist through the wall i would have thrown something i probably would have gone out and beat the shit out of somebody because i'm a big guy and like you know i, I had a chip on my shoulder at that age but when I, I i contrast like the way i was raised versus how he was raised i was raised around a lot of like physical abuse and anger and men don't cry men go and solve problems with their fists like you don't feel anything other than rage and hostility that's healthy <laughs> my, my my kids have been raised very differently I, i've taught them like look there's, there's no i don't ever have a problem with you having a violent or an angry reaction just please don't start there like if there's a complex situation try to solve it with your words if you can't solve it with your words solve it with your feet like try to walk away if you can't walk away that's when you turn and you hit fast, hit hard and hit low, you know, and 
looking at like what what this kid's dealing with like just like because it's it's not just a case of like his mom disappointed him with a visit i mean he's been struggling with her lack of involvement lack of care lack of love attention affection even lack of paying his allowance for like months and months and months now and i'm expecting this kid you know because i'm thinking like i know what it's like to be 16 years old i'm expecting him to like flip the hell out and he didn't you know, he calmly expressed to his mother that he was disappointed. He told me that, you know, he's tired of investing in people that aren't willing to similarly invest that as much as he loves his mom, he's got to focus on the relationships that are paying dividends that instead of sitting and moping around all summer, he asked, is it okay if I go spend the summer with my godmother, you know, and as much as I, I, I get separation anxiety when, when he leaves the house, cause he's my everything. But when I saw that, like he had enough self-awareness to know like where he was in the danger zone, that he had taken the steps to find out like, okay, an alternate source of maternal love. He had come up with not just a coping and a management strategy, but like a one hell of a big distraction a way to make his summer enjoyable in the face of gut-wrenching pain and disappointment. I'm thinking, man, like he's using all of the skills that like I had helped him develop and I couldn't have possibly been more proud of him in that moment to see that rather than getting pissed off, he got proactive and he took care of himself. That is a true win. Uh, it is if something just like you said, if something like that happened to me at 16, because I have a very tumultuous race relationship with my mom, uh, I would have put my hand through a mirror or, you know, at least into the wall, uh, because I, I've done that at 16. So the fact that he was able to control his emotions or even not even have to control it, just, you know, had such a handle on it that he was able to deal with it like that. That's awesome. That's like adult, like well into adulthood behavior. So yeah, well, he's more together than I am in that sense. Like even, even at 50 years old, like you talk about putting your fists through the mirror. Like, yeah, I've done that a few times. I got my fists stuck in a hollow core door once because I just, I couldn't handle the situation, <laughs> but this kid, it's like, it's not like he's like stuffing the emotions. It's like he's navigating them productively. Like what 16 year old does that? So you ask me like, yo, you know how teenagers are? No. Cause mine is an absolute monster. Like, he's so much more wise and skilled and together than any of the adults I know, including myself. It's like, I almost feel like I'm underqualified to parent this kid. Like he's the grown up. <laughs> I mean, even to know that he needed, you know, to go spend time with his godmother. Like I would have been like, I'm staying in my room. Fuck all of you. I don't want to talk to anybody. And then just stewed. And it would have got worse and worse and worse. But he knew that he, would benefit by getting you know away from that and that's that's a wisdom that i don't know if i have even today so you know uh, i definitely applaud that and you are you're clearly doing um doing a you know whatever job we're supposed to be doing you, you've got a a good start on that one for sure um that does bring a so question we'd see me. him right <laughs> yeah for sure um i don't know if you found the secret or if, if he's just uh like a more evolved person than than we than we are here but either way, you are uh, definitely um, coming out ahead in that one. Uh, but that, that did make me think of something. Uh, as far as 
and maybe I could you know navigate this and, and, and make presumptions on my own, but to get it uh, from, you know, in your words, what was it that clicked or, or that changed that, that made you want to have that second kid? See, like, the, remember I, I was telling you how my, my reasons for wanting to have kids, they, they weren't good ones. Like when I decided to have my, my, my first kid or it, it was, it was literally just a case of, I was really, really insecure in the relationship I was in with the, the, the woman that was to later become my first wife. And when she expressed a, a willingness to get pregnant, I saw that as an opportunity to kind of lock in the relationship because I like, got such big fear of being abandoned. I couldn't imagine a world where like she left me and I thought, well, like if I take advantage of the fact that like she's willing to have my baby, well, then that's sort of like an in insurance policy against being alone. Right. So that's where I was at with her. I mean, that marriage didn't last very long, which not surprising considering the amount of insecurity <laughs> that, that I was bringing to the table. I mean, it, it wasn't all me, but I mean, it just, it, it didn't work. Right. So I ended up with uh, another woman who was to become my, my second wife later on. And, um, part of entering into that relationship there, there was a bit of overlap, if you know what I mean, between the, 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 the women and the, the mother of my older son took great exception to that. And she kind of weaponized my relationship with my older son and wasn't allowing me to see him. There was a, a period of parental alienation where I didn't know if I was ever going to get to see my son again. And when this, like, you know, at the time, you know, like new woman I was with had said that, you know, like she wasn't opposed to the idea of having a, a, a child because her biological clock was ticking. Again, I saw this as like an opportunity to like not, not realizing what I know now, which is that one kid can never replace another and that your love that you have for your children, it's very, very separate from one kid to the next. I didn't know that at the time. And I just thought like, I can't handle feeling this pain of not seeing my son. If I can replace him, then I'll feel better, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sorry, like this didn't like sound like maybe the, the fluffy inspirational reasoning you were looking for Corey. But I mean, like, that's the honest truth. Like my reason for having that second kid was terrible. Just like my reason for having the first one, just absolutely terrible, selfish. It is, it is a, not what I expected. But it, at the same time, it is awesome to hear your honesty and to hear you relay it in such simple terms. It, you don't try to make excuses. You know exactly why you did what you did. And it's just, it's so crazy to hear someone talk about their mistakes so candidly and not try to, you know, color it in their favor or, or sway your, your opinion of what they did. You're just like, this is what I did. This is why I did it. And that's really refreshing to hear. Uh, other than the, the dads that I interview, I'm not really exposing myself to the um, wisest and, and kindest of, of people just because of uh, what I've been raised in, the way I live my life. I tend to be very insular. So the only real time I get to talk to people is this podcast. And it really does teach me just as much as I hope that it teaches these uh, supposed listeners that we have who are just silent as the grave when it comes to <laughs> providing any kind of feedback.
Well, I, I would encourage you like as, as a dad, I mean, maybe experiment with that approach a little bit where like, even like, I mean, I know your, your, your child is like fairly young now, but I mean, young children, they don't stay young for long. And you're dealing with like fully functional people before you know it. You know what I'm talking about, Sam? You oh, know, and yeah, like, if, if they if they see you in the habit of offering insights but not making excuses, it encourages them to do the same. And I think it just like inspires them to become like better better people. I mean, like I, I went through too much of my life making excuses. Well, you know, like I it, it it's not my fault that I lost my composure because I've been diagnosed with anxiety. It's not my fault that I responded in anger because I was abused when I was a kid. It's not my fault because my mother is a bitch. It's not my fault because because it's just always like not my fault. And I got to the point where it's like, you know what? Life is like largely I guess like it's in a small part, I'd say maybe 10 to 20% life is what happens to you. And the remainder is how you react to it. Once like that clicked in my head, I realized like, it's not like it doesn't matter what happens to me. It absolutely does matter. Like we're all the sum of our experiences. I am who I am because of this shit that happened. But you know, like it's not my license to be a dick. It's not my license to like, tell hero stories and it's not like my license to demand that if I act like a jerk that the crowd carries me off on their shoulders chanting my name like I'm capable of screwing up just like in the same way that a drunk driver is responsible for his actions if he hits somebody and hurts them we're responsible for our actions no matter how traumatized neglected or disappointed we've been for sure yeah, yeah. I definitely yes. agree with that yeah I've uh, once again kind of hogged a little bit of this and we are coming down towards the end. So I'm going to throw it back to Sam for anything that I've uh, kept him from asking in these last little bit. Okay. So he, he knows, he knows where we're going with this. Um, I, I, I'm going to take that as a cue that he has reached the end of his questions as well. Um, I do. Uh, I do. Who did I interrupt just then? I wasn't looking. Okay. Everybody's just looking at me. Okay. So uh, before we get to that though, I do like to leave this last little bit of the, of the show open to you the guest to talk about anything that you uh, you may have on your plate anything that you're trying to promote that we didn't get to i know that we covered a few things but uh, we did not cover um, everything uh, theoretically so is there anything like that that you wanted to get out there to our listeners you know before we move into the finale here so to speak okay something i've been working on right now is i've sort of like taken a step back from actively producing my own podcast projects just because well I, I got stuff going on that just prevents me from being able to commit to that but what i have been doing is i've been occasionally guest co-hosting on a, a podcast called the estranged heart and that podcast is all about um family estrangement primarily to do with the estrangement that occurs between parents and adult children I, I think it's really really important that like especially in the context of of this show talking about the investment we make in the future of our children the investment that we make in these family relationships to realize that there is a potential for these things to go wrong somewhere down the road you know like kids don't wake up one day and think I'm going to walk away from a perfectly healthy and functional relationship with my mom or dad. 
They just don't. And what most of the parents in these situations are saying is like, I didn't see this coming. And most of the kids are saying all the clues were there and they weren't paying attention. So like, I don't know what the, the right answer is entirely that I can summarize in like a, a couple of minutes here, as far as like sidestepping all of that, but maybe just tell people, like, be aware that like every relationship we have is valuable. Every relationship is also fragile and we can't assume that just because that there is some a bond as strong as like the parent child bond that that bond is indestructible because it absolutely is not there's so much evidence saying that it is not so treat that as what it is which is something valuable something fragile and something that is so 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 worth making as many investments in as you possibly can with your time with your honesty with your transparency don't lie to each other check in with each other like all this other stuff like I know this was like kind of an, a, an invitation to promote what I'm working on and like indulge my own narcissism. I don't want to do that. I just want to take it straight back to like my, my, my biggest passion in life is promoting healthy platonic relationships. There's no more important platonic relationship than the one you're going to have with your kid, whatever it takes to promote that like take the time to figure it out, assume nothing, ask questions and be approachable like as parents it's like it's our job to be the grown-ups it's not the kids job to put up with our shit it's our job to like help them navigate theirs while we deal with our own it's not an easy job it's not always a rewarding job and there's not the best guidance to do the job but we're still responsible for the job and like we it's real easy to say, well, I did my best. The reality is most days we're not doing our best. We're exhausting the limits of our comfort zone. And once in a great while we do our best, be honest about that. It's okay. Try to do your best more often than you're currently doing. Any additional days of your best are an improvement. And don't think that they're, that, that you're not doing enough anything you do to improve will be seen and appreciated by your kid. That's something you can build on. Now I'll shut up. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, like that was that. A, a great way to turn, you know, uh, promotional time into uh, a, a really good message. The beginning of his answer kind of reminded me of the premise of a suicidal tendency song institutionalized. <laughs> uh, I've, uh, I've only heard a couple You're of familiar. Them. Yeah, um, yeah, I will have to check out that estranged heart podcast, though, because I am an adult who is estranged from his mother. Uh, we uh, parted ways when I was around 12 and I tried to reestablish a contact, you know, in a meaningful way um, a few years after that. And she used that as a way to uh, steal money from me while I was in the army. And then uh, we broke off again and I gave her yet another chance. And she uh, just wasted it. Her, uh, her behavior, her actions made it impossible for me to, uh, you know, continue to be around her in my life. And I made a, uh, I kind of put the call out when my son was born, uh, you know, to let her know that she had a grandson. And I was willing to, you know, approach that bridge tentatively and see about crossing it again. Um, you know, it's so that she would have a relationship with, with her grandson.
but she uh, showed no interest. Uh, you know, she gave not a peep. So for all I know, uh, you know, she's in the ground already. And um, for the most part, I really could not care less. Um, but that's just a an overly um, honest way of saying uh, that that sounds like a cool podcast and maybe I'd get something out of that. You, um, you certainly <laughs> will. Please, please, like, okay, check it out. Cool. Also, like, re reach out and connect with... The, the host her name is 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 creed with a k um she's a she's a reconciliation coach she's a fantastic person she's like a very very dear friend and um she's got experience both as an estranged adult child and also as an estranged mother um wow so she sees I, it on both I, sides I, yeah I, I i really do see the benefit and maybe trying to connect with her either casually through listening to the podcast or just like sending her like a direct message and saying, Hey, can we chat? Because I mean, strained family relationship, Creed Revere. Okay. And the, uh, I think the website is the estranged heart.com. Okay. It's good to know for, uh, for us and the listeners out there. Yeah. We, um, I mean, who knows if it would approach this level of, of, uh, socialization but we are open to you know uh collaborating with anybody that has beneficial information for dads so anything that i could get from her or she could get from us would be uh awesome and we will um you know we'll tiptoe into that and see where it develops so with that uh you uh, probably are unaware uh due to um you know our our low um imprint on the internet but we try to end every episode and half the time here lately i've been forgetting but we try to end on a high note with a dad joke. And my other co-host is usually the one that brings it. But when he's not here, Sam picks up that, that heavy load and brings the giggles. So <laughs> why don't you uh, make us laugh here, Sam? Tell us uh, a good one. Sounds great. Sounds great. Let's, uh, I don't, I, no promises, but uh, let, let's see how this goes over with the crowd. All right. So what's the difference between an angry circus owner and a Roman barber? I don't, I don't know. I can't yeah, draw a connection. What's the difference between an angry circus owner and a Roman barber? All right. And nothing. nothing. All right. So the answer is, <laughs> no. Uh, one is a raving showman and the other is a shaving Roman. Oh my God. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that would hurt my brain. <laughs> That, yeah, it, when yeah, you yeah. first said it, I was like, oh, man, this one's going to be one of those really smart ones. It was like developed by some kind of genius dad. And then you gave me the punchline. And I'm like, yeah, Corey, not that Corey, Corey dumber now. <laughs> Corey stupid. <laughs> um, but it, all the same, you know, I love it. I love when we end on those. Um, they even oh, when absolutely. they're that's the first one that's um, made my brain rot a little bit. But at the same time, it made my heart swell. Um, because I just love dad jokes so much. So I, I do appreciate you uh, giving us that, um, even if it, even if it Corey dumber now. Yeah, that, uh, that was something special. I have to admit. You should, I, I say you should have been here. Like there's any possibility of it, but he told one where he was like, I'm not going to get into it, but he told one. And then I'm standing here like, what? Uh, I don't, I like, I looked at the guest and I was like, do you Ron, do you know? And he's like, I don't, what do you mean? And it was all about uh, Apple and like iTunes. And, and my old ass was just like thinking fruit trees and, and 
and eating <laughs> apples. And, and I'm like, you've got to tell us a second one because I just looked like an idiot there. And <laughs> of course I left it in the podcast. So I'm sure that somebody got a good laugh out of it. But anyways, that does bring us to the end. And I do want to uh, thank you, AC. You've been awesome. Uh, I do want to mention your uh, website, AC Fisher. That's F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. They can get any of the information that they might want uh, and then any way to contact you further if they might want to do so. You've been amazingly giving, amazingly honest with everything that you've uh, shared today. And you, just like uh, any good episode, you've, you know, taught me something and I'm leaving here thinking that I might be a better dad than I was when I, when I, you know, opened up Zoom today. So thank you for that. And uh, Sam, you know, thank you as always. You take more of the load off probably than you realize because the, uh, you cut down the anxiety by at least half. So, uh, you know, thank you as always. And thanks for, for coming with, um, a, a dad joke. Thank you for coming with a dad joke. We, we're a not going to call joke. it good or bad, but you know, a, yeah. And thank you for not having more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, also, thank you for stopping more. at one. Yeah, I understand. I, understand. Um, it's I just want to say too, like, I, 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 sorry. I, I just want to say like, I, I really, really appreciate having a little bit of a chance to get to know both you guys. Like it's been an absolute pleasure I don't say this every time I guess on a podcast, I've guessed it on a lot and some are definitely not very enjoyable. This one I would happily do again and again and again. You guys are both great. Thank you so much. Hey, that's awesome to hear. Hey, it's, it's one thing I'm when I have fun. Yeah. But, but when the host has fun and when you would, or I'm the guest and you would even come back again, that's just, that's a bonus. That's a blast. Uh, thank you yes, so much for you. saying that. Um, but I guess with that, as much as I hate it, check you guys later. Check you later, guys. Okay, take care. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died. And that's been your two dads. Goodbye, everybody.